Join I Am A Watchman Ministries Managing Editor Joe Kerr with co-host Dylan Burroughs, bringing you a fascinating discussion regarding the importance of Bible prophecy and Christian living today as it relates to our responsibility as believers to be watchmen. This is A View From The Wall. Welcome to A View From The Wall. This is Dylan Burroughs along with Joseph Kerr. And today our guest is Steve Green, the president of Hobby Lobby and co-founder with his wife, Jackie, of the Museum of the Bible in Washington, D.C. Now, Steve grew up in Oklahoma City, and at the age of seven, he glued picture frames together for the family business. And with his father as CEO, Steve later became president. Steve has written several books, including his latest, this beautiful book that we'll talk about today. Steve Green, welcome to A View from the Wall. Thank you, Dylan. It's great to be here. Appreciate you having me. Yes, well, we are honored to have you with us, and we love the Bible Museum, but we also want to talk about your new title, this beautiful book, and it includes the subtitle, The Exploration of the Bible's Incredible Storyline and Why It Matters Today. So let's start there. Talk a little bit about why the Bible matters today in our society. Well, the Bible has been a foundational book uh, in our world. It's impacted our world like none other. Um, and has been foundational to our nation. Uh, many of the principles our nation has been built on were found in Scripture. Uh, the idea that all men are created equal um, is a biblical concept, uh, and it has been a, a huge influence um, just in our world and in, in our nation. And I believe that to the degree that we have followed its principles, um, it has been good. It has served us well. And if we walk away from it, the question is, what's going to replace it? And uh, I, I believe that for us to know this book and to apply its principles will be good for mankind and has been and will continue to be um, if we follow it. The, one of the challenges we have is uh, we don't know it today uh, like we once did, and I see a need for us to reintroduce this book to a, a new generation. Well, that's certainly the case in our culture today. We've talked a lot about biblical illiteracy in the United States. But, Joe, I want you to jump in here because you mentioned something that was in the introduction of this beautiful book that's important for our listeners. Now, I hate to make this admission, Steve, but as an editor and writer, sometimes I skip the introduction to a book and just kind of flip to the first chapter. But in this case, with this beautiful book, your illustration of Les Mis is perfect. Share that story, would you? Yeah, my uh, wife and I were in New York City. I would make a regular trip uh, once a year to a show in New York for business and uh, would uh, uh, invite my wife to go with me. And we would enjoy uh, taking in a Broadway play when we went there. And uh, some of our friends from church made a comment that Les Miserables was one of their most favorite stories. And, you know, I had never read the book or didn't know the story, but uh, me and my wife decided we'd go watch the play. And um, as I'm sitting there watching the play, I'm I'm kind of confused because the names are French and I don't under can't keep track of them. There was a guy named Jean Valjean and a Javert, and now which one was who? And and I remember at the intermission, we're we're kind of looking at each other, scratching our heads, and uh, saw that there was a bit of a, a outline of the the plot of the story in the playbill. So we're trying to read through that and. See, see, try to get caught up. The lights go out and and the play goes on. And, and at the end of the day, we were kind of disappointed that, you know, we were lost in in that uh, story. And 
So I decided, well, I'm sure it's a good story, and I missed some of that, and so I knew I missed some of it. So I I decided I would watch the movie, know what the storyline was. The book was too big. It was too much of a commitment. So I just watched the movie and uh, went back and uh, have come to love the play. we've, We've been back several times. Because of the story, I love the story uh, of Les Miserables, but if I don't know the story, I can't appreciate it. And that's the point that I try to make with the Bible is you may know parts and pieces of the Bible story, but if you don't understand the bigger story of the Bible, it may be confusing and odd at times. And so the more we understand the bigger picture, the better off we are as we uh, are reading through uh, the Bible. Well, that's a good way to put it. And when people come, for example, to the Museum of the Bible, you have it broken into various sections and and exhibits that people can check out. And one of those is a section that we highlight a lot in our show, the area of the mysterious messengers. Uh, Our listeners hear a lot about this as we're a Bible prophecy-oriented ministry. But intro that section of the book itself. Who are these mystery messengers, and what is their role in God's story? Yeah, part of this story, and what I do in our in the book is I'm just trying to tell the story. I'm not trying to even argue if the book is true or not. Let's just understand the story. And part of the story are characters within the story that are referred to as prophets, or they are foretelling the future. Not that that is the only thing they do. Sometimes they're just uh, instructing uh, the, the Israelites or the people. And uh, But in some cases, what they do is they're foretelling foretelling the future, and and Scripture shows where some of those uh, prophecies come true. And uh, so what, what we need to do as we're reading through the Bible is understand the role of the prophet and understand that they're telling the future and see how that some of those are fulfilled at times. And if you read the, the Scripture and understand it, there are some of those prophecies that are claimed to be yet to be fulfilled. They are future. It talks about the eternal future. Uh, It talks about, you know, in the beginning, whenever that was uh, in the past, and it refers to eternity. And and this book covers all of that time span. So some of what this book talks about is what is yet to be, uh, to, to happen. And those are interesting prophecies to, to consider as well. Uh, but also seeing how that some of the prophecies within Scripture are fulfilled in Scripture. Well, certainly. And we have just a minute or so before our break, but this book is very personal for you. It's changed your life. Tell us a little bit about why the Bible is so important to you as we get ready to talk about it more both now and in the next segment as we talk more about the museum itself. Yeah, you know, I, I was uh, raised in a Christian home. My my grandfather was a minister himself. So my father grew up in a pastor's home and uh, regularly would go to church. And uh, so this book informed our family how the, that we, we lived. I, I was taught and trained and uh, to be obedient and to love others as I would want to be uh, loved and treated. Um, so so these, these principles were instilled in me. It was a part of our family, even within our business. Uh, the very first statement we have in our business is, we want to operate our business according to biblical principles. That's what we strive to do. Never done it perfectly. Uh, and I'm, I'm fortunate to be in a nation, as I mentioned, that has been built on uh, biblical principles. Our nation, right. our business, our family, are none of them are perfect. Uh, 
Uh, we all uh, have flaws, but to the degree that we followed and have followed these principles, it has served us well and has uh, blessed our lives and is part of the reason why we want to encourage all people uh, to consider this book and part of the reason why we uh, did get involved in putting in the Museum of the Bible. Well, this is a wonderful story, this beautiful book with Steve Green, and we'll talk more about it and the Museum of the Bible when we come back here on A View from the Wall. Stick with us. From I Am a Watchman Ministries, here's today's I Am a Watchman Minute. The Bible says two are better than one. Here's a truism. The greater the work, the greater the need to be in partnership with others. Watchmen are on the front lines of God's work and benefit from being in partnership with other watchmen. A watchman will go where few will go, do what most will not do, say what is difficult to say, and do it all with humility and love. It's hard work. We want to help. Visit IamAWatchman.com to access free ebooks, teaching videos, podcast interviews, and more. Yes, two are better than one, and we're here for you. I'm a Watchman is a growing ministry of believers who see the importance of serving God boldly at this important time in history. We're not a ministry, we're a movement, and we invite you to join us. Be bold, be faithful, be a Watchman. IamAWatchman.com back to a view from the wall this is dylan and joe and we are here with steve green the president of hobby lobby and co-founder of the bible museum with his wife jackie and in the last segment we emphasized his new book uh, this beautiful book that talks about scripture but we want to talk a little bit more in this segment about the bible museum story uh, this is a lifelong love of god's word that has led their family to complete a huge project uh, for our listeners who may not be familiar with the Bible Museum that's in Washington, D.C., tell us a little bit about what it's like, what to expect, why it's so important in our society today. Well, the Bible Museum is uh, 433,000 square feet of space that is dedicated to just telling the Bible story. And we, we look at the Bible in three different ways. There's three primary floors with a lot of other uh, functions, a children's area, a restaurant. Uh, uh, the Israel Antiquity Authority has their own space. Uh, the uh, Vatican has some space. So there's, there's a lot of other parts to the museum. The three main floors, though, where we look at its history, the Bible's history, the Bible's impact, and the Bible's story. The the history floor is probably the most scholarly, uh, deals with translations and languages and um, has a lot of uh, Bibles uh, in glass cases, uh, the most museum-esque as well. Uh, and we just want to take a look at the history. What are the evidences for this book? I can't prove that all that the Bible uh, has said is true, but I can show you evidences from it. Um, archaeological evidences, the manuscript evidence, uh, and then going on to the digital, the, the print age digital, and just show the history. We also look forward showing the effort to finalize the translation into every language of the world on, on the history floor. So it's a look back as well as a look forward. The narrative floor is is where I'm trying to tell the, the Bible story as I do in my book, this beautiful book. I'm just trying to have a person that doesn't know the Bible story to have an understanding uh, at a high level of what this story is about. Uh, we do it through 
uh, three different pieces. New Testament's in the theater, and the Hebrew text or the Old Testament is in a, uh, a walkthrough, about a 30-minute walkthrough that's received uh, awards for uh, the experience. And then the impact floor, the, the, the idea there is to show how this book has impacted our world, uh, and it has. It speaks into practically every area of life and has impacted practically every area of life. So we are showing how that it has impacted from science to government to education to art, music, literature. In, in, in all these areas, the Bible has had an influence. And uh, there are those that uh, will take this book and use it for his own selfish ill intent. Uh, and we show where that we they have at times. We had a slave Bible exhibit where uh, Exodus was taken out and a Bible was given to slaves. And so it was used inappropriately. But when we have followed this book as designed, it has been good. So while man has misused it, our argument is we don't blame the Bible for man's misuse of it. When we follow it as designed, it has been good and it has impacted our world. Steve, as Dylan mentioned earlier, we frequently discuss Bible prophecy and last days type topics on this program. So if some of our listeners who focus on that part of the Bible visit the Bible Museum, what will they find there that specifically references things like Bible prophecy or prophets in the Bible and predictions and things that have come true that they would see there? Well, what I would uh, point them to is a specific artifact that is one of my favorites, and it's uh, really just a replica uh, of the original, and that is the Great Isaiah Scroll. Um, it is a powerful story to be told. Um, here, here is a uh, artifact that was found that predate Christ by over a hundred years, and when when you read. Isaiah 53 specifically, and there's other prophecies in there, it is clearly pointing to Christ and what he did on the cross. And it predates Christ a hundred years. It is a powerful witness. Here is a document that was about a thousand years older than the oldest document we had when it was discovered. Some scholars will try to minimize Scripture by saying, what we have, we can't rely on. It's like a telephone game. You whisper uh, a phrase to somebody, and it goes around the room. You know, multiple people keep whispering it in everybody's ear. And by the time it gets around, it's a totally different. And they say, that's what we have in the Bible. It's been transmitted year after year, uh, and what we have, we can't rely on. Well, imagine a telephone game that goes on for a thousand years. And it's not just a phrase, but it is the complete book of Isaiah. I wonder how close it matches to what we had a thousand years later. And it's been researched and studied, and it is relatively the same thing we have. Minor variations can be explained. So that is an incredible story that the transmission of Scripture has been extremely well over the years by those that have been given the job to do it. And then... Uh, there are five authors in the New Testament, five writers that say Isaiah 53 was fulfilled in Jesus. One of them is Jesus himself. At the Last Supper, he is saying, I must fulfill what was written about me. He was numbered with the transgressors. He is quoting Isaiah 53. Here is a document we found that predates Christ by 100 years, and Christ himself is saying that he is fulfilling Isaiah 53. That is an incredible 
uh, artifact. That argues not only is this book true, I would argue it is arguing that it is divine. It is given to us by a divine creator. And I love that, that idea that it's not just about what the future still holds, but what God has already proven true. And Isaiah is an excellent example written about 700 years before the life of Christ with copies 100 years before, and yet the suffering servant that it talks about is the Messiah, Jesus, who fulfills that perfectly. And you've done a great job of describing that for us. But before we go to our next break, I want you to take just a moment to share a little bit about uh, some of the impact the building itself has. I know you have a lot of exhibits, but for example, that first floor when you come in has the freestanding art glass. It's 16 panes, 32 feet tall by 13 feet, and it has the Psalm 19 in 16 languages. Tell us a little bit about the importance or the symbolism there with Psalm 19 as people come into the museum. Yeah, when, a, when you first come into the museum, even before you hit that uh, stained glass, you, you have what we refer to as gates on either side of the entrance, which represents the Gutenberg Bible's Genesis chapter 1. Uh, uh, and, and so if they were to fall over on the concrete, you'd have a printout uh, of, of Genesis chapter 1. And then you come into the little entryway, there's that stained glass that is a depiction of the Bodmer Psalm from Psalm chapter 19, as you referred to, that uh, they can go up to the uh, history floor and actually see the actual copy of that uh, piece of papyri. It's one of the oldest, relatively complete books of Psalms on papyrus, very well kept. And that is what is represented uh, in the stained glass. So as you're even walking into the museum, uh, we, we have you surrounded with scripture. Joe and I are, are Bible enthusiasts, I guess you could say, in terms of Bible history and some of these items. So we love this kind of stuff, and I know many of our listeners do too. And we come back, we're going to talk a little bit more about this. So stick with us here on A View from the Wall. We'll be right back. A View from the Wall comes from I Am a Watchman Ministries, established to help individuals know the love of Jesus, enter into a relationship with Jesus, live for Jesus, tell others about Jesus, and prepare for the imminent return of Jesus. We want to inspire the body to live a life of meaning and purpose. And at the coming judgment, hear the Lord say, Well done, my good and faithful servant. The wise will strive to live well so that they can finish well. The prudent will work to be aware of what God has done and what prophecy notes he will do in the days to come. In support of these goals, the I Am A Watchman ministry is happy to make available at no cost a wealth of discipleship, prophecy, and spiritual growth resources for those who desire to learn and those who are called to lead. Find out more by visiting our website, IamAWatchman.com. That's IamAWatchman.com. For thousands of years, people have turned to the Bible for comfort, instruction, inspiration, and hope. But what about adventure, intrigue, entertainment, and fun? The Museum of the Bible brings the Bible to life in a way you never dreamed possible. Inside, you and your family can walk on dry land through the Red Sea. You can wander the streets of a first century village or walk the sacred sites in Jerusalem. Explore the Bible's role in our culture and its impact on the world. Trace its journey from ancient Israel to its presence on social media across the globe today. See rare artifacts from the Vatican in Israel. 
and sample biblically inspired foods from our award-winning chef. No matter how you want to experience the Bible, you can do it all right here, just two blocks off the National Mall in Washington, D.C. at the Museum of the Bible. What's in it will surprise you. Learn more about the Museum of the Bible when you visit museumofthebible.org. Welcome back to A View from the Wall. This is Dylan and Joe. We've been talking with Steve Green, president of Hobby Lobby and co-founder of the Museum of the Bible. His latest book, this beautiful book, talks about the story of the Bible and describes the Bible as a journey. And sometimes, though, we talk to people who are skeptical of the Bible. They're skeptical about faith skeptical about God, and you talked a little bit in the last segment about how Bible prophecy helps to show the accuracy and the supernatural nature of the Bible. But let's just say that uh, someone listening is talking with a skeptic. What is some of the information that you share with them about the Bible that shows how important it is to consider still today? I think it's important uh, to understand that there's a lot of uh, misconceptions, uh, misunderstandings, and just flat-out lies about uh, the Bible that that are out there. And the I think what a person needs to do is do an investigation for themselves. Uh, understand how important this book has been uh, historically. Um, I, I was in a, an event in New York City where a leading journalist made a comment that he there were people in his office that did not know what the Easter story was about. And, and it makes you think, boy, these, these are adults and they don't know the Easter story. There, There is a lot of ignorance about the Bible. And so a lot of misinformation uh, can be presented about the Bible. And the challenge would be figure it out for yourself. Uh, read it for yourself. Uh, uh, the, the, the purpose for the museum is to invite all people to engage with the Bible. I wrote this beautiful book to try to encourage somebody to have an understanding of what its story is. Um, when, when you have a leading author like a Richard Dawkins that describes God in a very negative light, saying, well, that's, that's not the Bible I have read, because the Bible consistently points to a good creator God, and yet he comes out with a whole different opinion. It's his own opinion. It's not the Bible's perspective. It's not what the Bible says. So uh, we need to go to the Bible uh, and let it speak for itself, not what somebody else says about the Bible. And if we are willing to do that, then uh, I think um, uh, the Bible will speak for itself. Steve, thank you so much for being on A View from the Wall today. We like to wrap each program by allowing our guests to speak directly to our Watchman community, those who watch, warn, witness, and seek to finish well in these difficult last days. What words of encouragement and challenge do you have for our Watchmen? Well, we are in challenging times. Um, Every day you can watch the news and see that uh, there's a lot that uh, is, that goes wrong in our world. Um, there's challenges that we face, um, and I, I would encourage everybody to to go to God's Word, uh, to read it, to uh, let it influence their lives, draw hope from it. It gives a bigger perspective that we don't have, a God-sized perspective to realize that God is in control. Uh, he's He's not you know, has his face turned and uh, we're, we're going on our own path. He's there. He's with us uh, and encourages and uses our challenges for our good. And so 
this book has served us well. Uh, it doesn't mean that we won't have challenges and struggles. God uses those for our good. And uh, if, if we go to God's Word and we let it influence and be a part of our life, it will serve us well. Uh, it will serve you well. It serves me well and serves all those that will follow its principles. So uh, my encourage, uh, somewhat similar to the principle, uh, the purpose of our uh, the Bible Museum, is we invite all people to engage with this Bible, get to know it, uh, because when we open it, a living God shows up and speaks to us and guides and directs our lives. Yes, and again, Steve has done a wonderful job sharing about this in his latest title, This Beautiful Book. You can pick it up at thisbeautifulbook.com, or you can go to iamawatchman.com and get the information about how to pick up a copy there. But I do want to encourage you, this is not just Steve's words. You look at the introduction to this beautiful book, and so many others who have spoken kind words about it. For example, our friend Eric Metaxas has said that Steve introduces the reader to the big story of the Bible shows his passion for helping readers unfamiliar with the good book. And Lee Strobel, many of you know from the case for Christ, the film and the book, who says it's a majestic and personal tour of the most influential book in history. Uh, I love the way that they describe that and the work that you've done. And I just want to say thanks personally to you, Steve, for the work that you and your family have done through Hobby Lobby in our nation, as well as through Museum of the Bible, your book and your other efforts. Thanks for being such a strong servant leader and putting out the influence in the Bible for a new generation. Thank you, Dylan and Joe. Appreciate uh, you have me and uh, uh, keep up the great work. Well, we do appreciate you being with us. And as you heard in the break, there's more information about how you can be part of visiting Museum of the Bible and get involved with you and your family. So make sure to check that out. You can get the information at IamAWatchman.com or you can go to MuseumOfTheBible.org. Thanks again for being with us here on A View from the Wall. Look forward to joining with you next time. A View from the Wall, in association with I Am a Watchman Ministries, exists to equip a worldwide audience with biblical truth, sharing it with others, and being prepared for Christ's imminent return. The team seeks to encourage, inspire, and equip watchmen for such a time as this. For information about the ministry and upcoming events, visit IamAWatchman.com. A View from the Wall is made possible by the team of dedicated pastors, editors, and the many contributors of I Am A Watchman Ministries. To support our efforts, give online at IamAWatchman.com and click on the Donate button. Thanks for listening, and join us again next time on A View from the Wall.